Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Barani Rajakumar. He's a founder of Transfer VR. The website is T-R-A-N-S-F-R-V-R.com. So, Barani, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rich. Yeah. yeah. I always ask the, the really hard question first. Uh, you know, Tell me about your company, what you do. Sure. Um, in a nutshell, um, what we do at uh, Transfer VR is we create um, simulations, training simulations in virtual reality uh, to help people uh, develop the skills that they need to succeed um, on the job. So that's sort of like the quick okay. uh, summary and uh, the more more detailed kind of response is um, <clears throat> we really focus on um, allowing people to uh, essentially develop the skills that they need for uh, career success um, in virtual reality through you know basically unlimited practice and then transfer those skills into um, reality. And that's why the, net, the company is called Transfer VR. So yeah, there's infinite numbers of jobs out there. Where have you chosen to focus? What kind of jobs and why? Oh, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. So actually, one of the biggest challenges I think that, that we've had is, um, you know, the U.S. economy is a $20 trillion um, economy and, and the global economy is much bigger. Um, and it's really been uh, for us trying to figure out um, where is this technology going to be the most useful and the most powerful. And we get every single day, you know, um, we hear of other ideas from other people who contact us or, um, you know, we come up with new ideas on our own just by speaking to people. But, you know, we've we've um, done um, demonstrations and had conversations like, you know, in America and Europe and India, all over the world right now. And I think the consensus um, is really with, among hiring managers and, and the folks that we talk to is that this is a really useful and powerful technology for um, novice learners. So just generically kind of categorizing people who want to learn a skill um, or procedure, but don't know it. Um, so that could mean anything from let's say, trying to learn how to become a bartender to wanting to get some exposure to specific kind of um, surgical skills. Like, uh, so the spectrum is, is pretty, pretty wide and, um, and deep. So for, for us personally, um, I think uh, one of the things that um, we've kind of um, wanted to do is narrow it down, not just by what would be a great product experience, but where is their uh, demand um, for specific skills, and so, um, and where is there a market that's willing to pay for specific types of training? And so, um, right now, we're really focused on a couple of areas. Uh, one of them is hospitality, uh, because there's uh, constant turnover in that industry, and also there's just a, you know, it, the hospitality industry. I guess there's industries where people want to learn. There's ones where people have to learn. You know, they're required to, and then. Um, there's certain skills that lend themselves more to VR than others too. So it's probably a complicated mix of what'll work, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, th th from a product perspective, there's like, you know, a million different experiences that you could create. Um, and so I think what we 
um, have kind of gotten habit of doing is letting the market kind of decide what are the skills that people are willing to pay for, whether it's individuals or employers that want their employees to have specific skills. Are you selling at all to individuals or is this more for corporations? Like, um, you know, some of the things that I've seen that people have to learn that I want to maybe is, um, you know, if they're going for training on how to get a job, like at a career center, they may have to go through modules that are boring to them or they hate or they think are useless or, you know, let's say you're going to file bankruptcy, you have to go through credit counseling and, you know, that may be like a miserable experience. And then there's other ones that are fun and interesting. I want to learn how to paint, you know, or I want to learn how to uh, do sculpting. So, I mean, there's a wide range of jobs and also intents that people have when they go into learning about this stuff. Um, and then, like you said, there's the ones that people will pay for or corporations will pay for. So, so what have you found of the, um, the sweet spot so far that you guys are focusing on? So we're, we're currently focused on um, B2B. Um, so in the U.S., um, corporations spend over $75 billion on corporate training. Um, and so within that, of course, there are many different industries. Um, but, um, you know, one, one of the things that one of the skills that um, a lot of uh, corporations kind of would like their uh, entry level employees to have is, uh, is actually basic math skills, especially in in manufacturing, and so that's an area where um, we're focused right now. Um, and then also when it comes to hospitality, another um, area of focus is um, is actually culinary. So um, culinary kind of offers um, a, a, a great opportunity um, for folks who um, want to get training in a, in a skilled area and also um, earn a earn a, uh, a decent wage. And, you know, even though we're, we're a for-profit company, we, we do have a social mission. Um, so, you know, part of the reason why we uh, why I started the company in the first place is because we want to help people um, acquire the skills for um, for a job. And so those are those are two areas that we consistently hear um, over and over from employers. And so that's kind of why we're focusing our efforts there right now. So um, in learning math, how would VR help you? You know, what have you noticed? Um, I mean, I can see with cooking, it would be really cool. You know, you virtually cut stuff and fry stuff and all that, and it would tell you if it burns or not. But math sounds like it's tougher. How about that one? Yeah, um, you know, to be you know to be totally frank, this is this is sort of like a new um, new ground for us. So we're we're kind of innovating here um, um, as we go. But um, sort of the hypothesis is that. Um, there, there's a lot of um, hands-on experiences that that can be taught um, uh, using using virtual reality. So, um, specifically in manufacturing, you have um, employees that are required to use tools, tools for measurement, um, and so because of that, um, they are kind of required to do math on the job, and they don't necessarily always have access to a to a calendar. So, what we do in VR, instead of like showing them some kind of like textbook um, math operation or having them read a paragraph, they're literally doing um, the math that they would do in that specific manufacturing company on that specific shop floor with that specific tool. And so they kind of familiarize themselves with um, the tools that they use for measurement, with the actual measurements themselves, um, and doing the actual tasks, whether it's drilling holes or filling um, uh, filling holes and then um you know so when they get on the the job it requires a lot less kind of uh um on the job training because they've already practiced it in vr and gotten comfortable with it and mastered the skills 
So that's it's not good. It takes away the, the whiny that. argument of what am I going to use this for? You know, it's so specific. Yeah, that's right. So it's not it's not the um, same thing as like the textbook math that you or I probably did in school, but it's it's pretty specific to um, to the job. And and like you said, it doesn't answer the question of like when am I ever going to use this. So if you make it totally specific to a company, they'd obviously have to pay a lot more specific to them. It would be hard to um, take that same course and move it to another company where they need math. So you creating a level that's in between where it teaches math skills, for instance, for, you know, manufacturing, but not any one particular company? Yeah. So the the core of our technology, um, there's a couple of uh, components. Um, well, most people think about VR, they're thinking about like the front end and, and the graphics and um um, one of the things that we focus on um, is actually the back end. So um, we use learning science with algorithms. So we want to detect um, whether or not people are learning, right? So um, traditionally with a, a 2D screen, um, you're, you're collecting data on what people are clicking on and how much time they're spending on um, a specific question and, and that sort of thing. But in virtual reality, because um, specifically if you use a six degrees of freedom type of virtual reality where there's lots of hand gestures and things like that that you can incorporate, you get a lot of other types of data on um, not just what are they looking at or what are they clicking on, but what are they actually doing, like physically what are they doing. Um, and so because of that, we kind of collect all that data. And um, what we're trying to determine is whether or not the person can perform the skill that's required of the job. So we want them to master that skill. So that core technology that we create on the back end, which detects mastery of skills, is what we're able to use in all of our simulations, regardless of who we work with. Um, but the, this, the, the graphics themselves, they may be company specific. Well, how do you detect someone's learning or not learning? So um, generally speaking, like you, like to, to give um, a concrete example, um, let's use like the example of, of bartending, right? So if somebody needs to learn how to make um, a specific drink, um, well, there's a, a couple ways of, of kind of assessing them, right? Like number one, um, you can give them uh, a paper-based test and you can ask them to, um, to you know, um, answer multiple choice questions. Um, or number two, um, you could have them make the drink itself and you could, you could taste it. Um, and number, option number three um, is you could have someone actually go through all the procedures and all the steps of um, making uh, that drink in virtual reality um, and kind of confirming whether or not they're doing things in the right order with the right quantities, um, taking uh, the right amount of time, not going over time um, and all that stuff. And so that's sort of what we're, um, what we're modeling. So we uh, basically watch a variety of experts perform a task in VR and say, okay, that is our expert model for what um, someone is supposed to do. Um, and then we have novices go in and try to perform the same task. And as they make mistakes, um, there's kind of built-in coaching to help them perform the task the same way an expert would. And so um, what we're doing is we're kind of assessing, instead of just asking them questions about facts and giving them multiple choice quizzes, we're like watching how they perform the task in VR and then take off the headset once they've achieved a certain score and they perform that task in, in real life in front of an actual manager to demonstrate that they um, they've mastered that skill or acquired that skill. That's really cool. That's a lot better than taking a test. You know? And um, I can see the, the results are probably a lot better. Do you, do you have um, anecdotes or, you know, uh, words from customers on uh, whether people that use the experience, do they learn 
a lot faster? Are they happier with it? I mean, what's the feedback? It's um, it's it's super early stage and preliminary, but like it's it's very positive. Um, so the the bartending example that I gave you, um, we we actually worked with a bartending school, um, and did like a a, a mini kind of quasi experimental study, if you will, where we had half of the class um, watch videos because you know video based learning is sort of uh, the big thing in 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 the world, like in corporations, even in schools as well. Um, there's lots of online learning going on. We'd have the classroom watch um, a video on how to make a specific drink, and then we watched. Uh, we had the other half of the class um, try um, one of our VR uh, training simulations, and then we had um, the entire class go behind the bar one at a time and uh, demonstrate their ability to make that drink. And so um, the half that watched the video-based um, training, only about 30% of them could perform the task, and the half that um, did the VR training, 80% of them could perform the task after doing the training just one time. So that's awesome. That's um, huge. I think it's promising. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you said something else, you said it's pretty cool uh, and it's better than like a, you know, multiple choice question. And just to elaborate on that, I think the other thing that's really interesting and promising about this approach is that, you know, people generally get a lot of anxiety. A lot, a lot of people get anxiety when they hear the word test or when they have to study for a test. Um, there's just, um, you know, negative feelings associated with, with that word and, and that process. But what's, what's interesting, I think, about our, our approach is that it, it never feels forced and it never feels like you're taking a test. So the reality is we are assessing you. The reality is we, we want you to be able to perform a task the same way um, an expert would or as good or as proficiently as an expert would um, so that way you can be successful on the job. But there's not a person sitting there talking to you or talking at you and lecturing you and telling you now do this. And then now do this. Um, there's just, there's an environment that allows you to basically play and to, um, to do what you think is right. And if what you do is wrong, then there is some, there are some suggestions and some tips on how to improve your, your technique and your procedure so that you can improve your performance. Um, so there's kind of like this right. built in coaching with the whole purpose of like getting you to a certain level of, Mastery, which I think I is you fundamentally different in, uh, than the way a test works. Yeah, oh, totally. I understand. I mean, when you take a test, you're not in the environment in which you learned. You're sitting there with like a piece of paper on a computer. And if you're doing a test that's physical, I mean, by definition, you're you're in like a totally different environment. You know, like when you when you do stuff, sometimes the way you move or the things around you cue you in your mind to do what you're supposed to do. Like, let's say you're learning cooking. You know, if I sat there with like on a computer and did a cooking test, I might not perform well, even if I can cook. But if you put me in the kitchen and you say, all right, cook a souffle, I'm around my pots and pans. I'm actually doing the activity. I probably would respond a lot better. And that would actually be a more accurate representation of whether I can cook or not than having me in this like artificial test environment, you know? So, so you bring up like a really great point, And that is like, we don't fully, you know, what you just said about like how maybe some people will perform better in the environment than on a paper-based test or a computer-based test or whatever. You know, like, we don't we don't know a whole lot about how the brain works. We're still, like, it's still early stages. Like, the whole field of learning sciences is just a baby compared to, you know, like a basic science field like chemistry or physics. I mean, we're, we're in such early days of understanding neuroscience and cognitive science and cognitive psychology that um, you're right. Like, it, it sucks you know, people may have 
exhibit all these benefits to performing a task in, in a real world environment as opposed to in a paper-based environment. And I think one of the reasons, you know, what you're saying is like super interesting is because basically our entire assessment system worldwide is kind of is based on this paper-based or computer-based assessment where you have people um, acquire tons of knowledge and then basically have to um, regurgitate or uh, answer multiple choice questions um, and uh, for tests that like significantly impact the next stage of their life, whether it's getting into uh, a magnet program or a high school in a high school or getting into the college of your choice or getting into the professional program of your choice in a college or, or whatever. And I think our hope, um, which, you know, is sort of what we're working towards and is the dream is, can we create these experiences where people can acquire the skill that they need to get the job that they want. It can prove um, that they can uh, acquire these skills. And then uh, in, in this kind of risk-free, safe, virtual virtual reality uh, environment. And then once they feel they're comfortable, have them perform the task on the job so they can prove it to you. So that's that to me seems like a bit more of a, a natural and also like a humane way um, to, to treat people and help them get to you know wherever it is that they're they're trying to go and help them achieve their dreams. Well, it's not only even humane. I mean, <clears throat> I could see this used for the interview process. You know, let's say you're a, you're in a manufacturing company and people are, whatever, assembling a widget or something. And they use your VR system not only to train on the job, but when you interview people, you could have them come and use the VR system and actually do the tasks that they're going to be doing. And you'll probably get feedback from them. Like you'll see some are probably clumsy and have a long way to go. Some are like they take to it quick. So I bet you you could interview better, and I bet you the people will be like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this job, or, oh, this is really cool. I like it, and it's so awesome to be able to even experience it. So I can see it being used there, too. A hundred percent, yeah, and I, I, and employers um, would definitely agree with that statement that, you know, sometimes um, hiring decisions are made, and uh, and then weeks later, um, the employee may leave because they say, hey, you know what, this is not exactly what I thought it was going to be, and that's that, you know, that's just not a good use of, of anyone's time um, when it happens, whether it's the employer or the employee. So you're right. Like, I think one of the other promising uh, kind of opportunities here is that it brings transparency to both sides. And um, um, and with that, I think we'll also probably significantly reduce stress levels because everyone is at this point um, seeing is believing, right? So you're able to see what you're getting into and um, and master those skills if that's exactly the direction that you want to go in. And if not, you know, no, no harm, no foul. You can switch up and, and try something else. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so what, what are the uh, first, you said you're in an early stage. Is this deployed in companies yet or where is it being tested? Um, yeah. So we, we have um, just a few early, early stage customers. I mean, we're, we're in the pilot uh, phase, but um, we're working um, here um, in the in the United States, we'll be working in um, in Alabama um, with some specific uh, manufacturing companies down there. Um, and we've been asked to to uh, do things in other parts of the world as well, specifically in 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 Europe and and India. But I think because we're just an early stage startup, um, we're we're going to stay focused right now on things in our backyard here um, in the U.S. that are related to both culinary and um, developmental math. Well, culinary is cool. I mean, you know, it's funny like. You can actually do modules where different styles of chefs can, uh, you can do like, I guess, add-on training. You know, you can do the Iron Chef module where you watch those guys and do a training based on that. And 
you know, a French chef, a Mexican chef, I mean, all kinds of stuff. That's, that's a really cool one because it's like a ever-evolving living thing. And you can keep training people on more and more stuff. You know? you know, I think the other interesting thing about culinary is that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, like job related. You know, I know for me personally, um, uh, my, my wife would love it if I developed my culinary skills. Um, so I could do mm-hmm. a little bit more than just chopping the vegetables at home. And um, I'm just not a guy that enjoys reading recipes. But if someone gave me a VR experience to learn um, how to make specific dishes, like I would play that game all day long. And, and then I would do it in real life because I would be totally comfortable with it. And um, it would probably come like second nature. So um, I think culinary is interesting for a whole lot of reasons. Like, you know, one certainly is, is the job training aspect but the other one is um just uh you know a hobby for for folks who um want to get into cooking but you know don't necessarily um want to go out there and, and hire a chef as a coach um, vr could be a fun way to get into it you know what they need to do is those companies that send you the prepared meals that you cook at home like hello fresh and all them they need to bundle in the vr training that you provide so when people get that stuff you know, the box delivered to them, like they have your VR yeah. video where they can actually cook it, which would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great idea. I'll, uh, I'll reach out to one of those companies and let you know how it goes. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, I could see that your stuff would really um, be a huge help to anyone that's educating. And, you know, you may not have to do like all the educating. You can, you know, leverage people that are doing it that have big audiences. But I definitely see how it could help everybody. You know, I'll just give like a quick anecdote, like um, in college, in a math class, you know, usually you just sit in the classroom and I had one teacher that took us out to the field next to the, you know, like the schoolhouse and it was very hilly and it showed us, you know, the slopes of the hills. We walked around the hills and we talked about the math we were learning and it was really impactful. I remember it like, you know, 30 years later when 99% of the math I learned, I don't remember because of that one physical experience. So I could see how your VR stuff would... Um, I mean, people will retain the information much longer. They get it faster. A whole bunch of good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I can I can see why. You know, seeing is believing, right? And, and um, uh, I think that when when you give people something to to do physically, um, you're kind of engaging more of the senses and just sort of just having just talking at them and lecturing at them. In fact, we know from um, lots of experimentation that um, having um, individuals do a task is, is a heck of a lot more effective um, at helping them retain that that information than just speaking at them. But for some reason, um, you know, almost all learning experiences, whether corporate or in the classroom, are still pretty much lecture-based or some kind of PowerPoint um, derivative of that. So um, um, I think the other thing I wanted to, to kind of mention is that um, even though we um, you know, we're still kind of learning a lot about how people learn and, um, you know, artificial intelligence to, is, is actually a field that is um, helping us kind of analyze more and more um, how we learn. And, and um, it's a very, very interesting field. I think one of the things that we, we do know is that people, all people learn at their own pace. And um, in our current system of uh, teaching and learning, we kind of expect people to learn at the same pace and um if you if you don't you're kind of you're kind of punished and so one of the i think other benefits of of this kind of an approach is that 
people are allowed to make um, as many mistakes as they want in this risk-free environment. And if they do make mistakes, there's this built-in coaching um, that helps them learn from their mistakes. So in other words, making the mistake doesn't make you um, less intelligent. In fact, it makes you more intelligent because you're going to learn from your mistake right away. And so that's one of the other like really promising things about this approach that we, um, that we kind of hope to bring to the market. You don't have like haptic feedback that shocks them if they do the wrong thing or emulate slap <laughs> them in the back of the head, you know, if they get it wrong. No, we don't, we don't take out the ruler and uh, whack them on the knuckles. Well, one thing I thought that would be positive and I'll, I'll stop throwing ideas out to you, but I'm just interested is um, if you had like voices from the master's you know, let's say you're doing a cooking module. Um, some people would learn better if they hear how to cook something from a certain person versus another for various reasons, you know, because people explain stuff differently. So if you had a module yeah. where you get, you know, voices from diff- from several different experts and their take on it, that would probably help guide the person where they learn even better, you know? A hundred percent. So, I mean, what we um, are building is essentially like an expert modeling system. So what I was talking about earlier um, with, with mastery and stuff like that, is we want we want users to kind of exhibit the same skills that an expert would exhibit. And so, um, if it were if we're talking about culinary, right, then we would want to have an expert at a specific cuisine um, uh, be the person who helps inform um, that learning experience. So there's you know not only do we want them to kind of perform the skill like the expert, but you're right, like every um, every experience has this built-in coach, this built-in feedback, and so who better to give the feedback to um, to the learner when they make mistakes than than the expert themselves? So, um, you know, I think what you're, you're saying is spot on. So, I think if it were an Iron Chef um, or if it were, um, you know, the, an expert on a specific kind of surgical procedure, if you're learning about uh, a specific type of surgery or um, if you're learning from uh, a celebrity bartender, um, or if you're, you know, if you want to become a bartender, it doesn't matter the, the the subject of the field. Like the key thing here is that you're learning from an expert themselves, and you're learning how the technique that an expert themselves uses. So it's totally different from textbook mm-hmm. learning. It's totally different from video-based learning, because essentially what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to say like, look there are experts in this field. And instead of like having some watered down version of a learning experience, we want to replicate the experience that you would get from that expert. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has their favorite teacher. Everyone has people that, you know, they thought were deadly boring. So, um, you know, how it's taught to you and by whom, I mean, also too, people would respect an expert that teaches them more than just some like random person, you know, like if you learn cooking from, uh, you know, Chef Morimoto or, Bobby Flay or something, you'd be like, wow, and you'd value it more and probably pay more for it and feel like the training is better than just, you know, Mike the short cook in Denny's or something, you know? Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. I think the the theory and the and the, the hope is that if uh if you know so so one of the I think one of the challenges is that like um with, with when working with experts is they have this this thing called an expert blind spot. Right. So experts and, and you see this like all the time, like um for example, when you when you're talking like college professors, right? Like they they know their field better than anyone else. Um, and so when they're explaining it to someone, they may not explain all the details because in in their mind, some of the details are just you know expected to be known, and you know they just assume that you already know it. And so 
if you don't know some of those details, some of those prerequisite skills and that prerequisite knowledge or prior knowledge, the conversation just might go completely over your head. Um, mm. And so one of the, the things that's interesting about kind of codifying and turning expert expertise into software is that you can capture every single um, sub skill or prerequisite skill or, or piece of prior knowledge so that when someone makes a mistake, you can say specifically like, oh, here's the gap in your knowledge. Like, here's the thing that you're missing. Um, right. That may not always come out when you're like just dealing with an expert one-on-one in, in, in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. So what's, what's ahead for you? Since you said your early stage, a lot will be going on, I'm sure, over the next year or two. So what's ahead for yeah. the next, uh, like, you know, 365 days? What are you guys working on and what are you rolling out? Yeah. So right now we're focused on um, training about a thousand people. Um, in virtual reality, we want to demonstrate, you know, efficacy in these in these areas that that we discussed. Um, and uh, if if those kind of uh, preliminary pilots go go well, then um, we expect to kind of expand um, in those specific uh, content areas um, around the state, around the country. Um, and then at that point, we kind of consider like other other opportunities. But right now, we just want to stay focused on um, a couple of learning experiences instead of trying to boil the ocean. Is it going to be easy, you think, to get the, um, the thousand people? Are you getting a lot of excitement and interest or are you not at the recruiting point yet? I think, I think there's no shortage of interest. Um, I think cool. um, we've, we've just got to stay focused on making sure we create the best learning experience possible and that people get the most out of it and that, you know, the, the learners are happy, the, the people applying for jobs are happy and they feel like they got, a better learning experience than anywhere else and that the uh, employers are happy that um, the folks that they're hiring are proficient in the things that they want them to be and need them to be proficient in. Are you taking applicants for any of these learning modules, like the culinary one, or is it uh, just specific groups of people that you're vetting it's, um, to be allowed? Our mo- yeah, our, no, our model right now is B2B, so we work with specific organizations, and they're the ones who pick um, who gets to be part of the training. Okay. All right. Very good. So what's the best way for uh, – companies or people to contact you and to, you know, evaluate, maybe they want your system for their company or they want to learn more about it. You know, how do they get in touch? Um, so on our website, we have a contact us form, um, which uh, the, the form goes directly to me. Um, so I will, I will see every, every message. Um, and, or you can just email me directly at uh, Barani at transfervr.com, B-H-A-R-A-N-I at T-R-A-N-S-F-R-V-R.com. Hey, Brandy, this is awesome. I really uh, had a good time in the interview, and I appreciate you being here. Cool. Thank you very much for the opportunity to chat about what we're doing, and uh, look forward to hearing um, your future tech podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.